When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody, and thank you for joining us for another episode of the PHNX Suns podcast brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe, review, get your podcasts, and leave us a five-star review. We've got so much to talk about in today's show. I'm Lindsay Smith here with Saul Bookman, Espo, and Gerald Borgay is also joining us from the 5G Verizon Performance Performance Center, Center. (laughs) basically where the Suns work out, that place, and where they have all their practices, because we got to hear from Suns general manager and now president of basketball operations, James Jones. He was uh, recently promoted to hold both of those titles, and uh, we got to talk with him today, and so we got a lot to dive into. You guys ready for this? Let's do it. Okay, so first and foremost, I think we should just kind of break down what he told us as far as what this role looks like from his perspective. Gerald, do you want to start there? Yeah, so he was saying on the day-to-day side of things, especially on the Sun side, not a lot is going to change with this new title that he has. He's still the general manager. He's not looking to hire a new GM at this time or anything like that. But he did seem excited to be a little bit more hands-on on the Mercury side of things. Um, which if you go back to the original press release, it does mention the Mercury in there. So that was kind of the main difference, I think, moving forward. He'll be a little more involved with the Mercury uh, from here on out. Jill, did I misread the situation? You said, you know, it doesn't sound like he'll be looking to hire a general manager. But in listening to that, it sounded like he was open to the idea of that may be in the future, maybe not this year but uh, down the road that that might actually be a possibility and that he would be delegating some of his responsibilities currently to his staff. Yeah, he did say something to the effect of not at this time, which wasn't just a complete shutdown of like, no, I'm going to be doing that moving forward. Um, So I don't think it's anything that would happen in the near future. But yeah, if you get a kind of promotion to this president of basketball ops position, if you're going to be doing more stuff with the Mercury I'm sure he's leaving the door open down the line if he wants to, you know, delegate some more of those responsibilities to another GM that he brings in. That's always a possibility. But as of right now, it's he's going to be doing both those duties. You know, there's a lot of speculation in terms of what this really means in the grand scheme of things. Does it give him more power to make moves? Is it give him more flexibility to maneuver the roster the way he sees fit, as opposed to maybe uh, the final say going to uh, higher up leadership? Like, what was the biggest takeaway that you got from that? Yeah, he was very uh, complimentary of the support he's received from Sam Garvin and their current ownership situation. He was saying, you know, we're not hamstrung in terms of making moves or spending money or anything like that. It's been very free flowing as far as those conversations and his ability to continue doing his job as the GM of the Sun. So um, that's what he's saying, at least like, I, I don't know how much, you know, if, if it wasn't true and he was being hamstrung, it's not like he's going to come out and say it, but it is good to hear that he's 
saying that his duties, his job has not been impacted by kind of the, the fluid ownership situation. Does he have authority to get Lindsay a new orange beanie? Oh, but what's wrong I, with this one? I want uh -oh. a different one. <laughs> I like this one. <laughs> um, I kind of found it really interesting since we're on the topic of ownership that Okay, from my perspective, Loki sound like he was really excited for new ownership to come in. And I'm sure like you could say, yeah, of course, wouldn't you be excited to have like a situation like this be fin finalized and done and over with? Maybe I'm just putting my own personal uh, feelings into this a little bit. Loki <laughs> kind of felt like he was throwing a little bit of shade. Yeah, like did. for the first time ever, it felt like we got James Jones being like, I'm excited for a new owner. Yeah, and, and I think it's understandable, not just because of the turmoil and the outside perception that he's now facing, that he doesn't have the full authority to make the moves that he wants to make or the full autonomy, um, but also the fact, you know, you look at the things that Sarver said in that report, they are directly aimed at James Jones, they're directly aimed at Black people within the organization. So, you know, after reading something like that, it's only natural to... Uh, throw a little bit of shade at the guy that's leaving as he walks out the door. Yeah. I'd imagine too, when you hear the kind of names that are being thrown around the idea of having a deep, deep pocketed owner uh, in mm -hmm. here as the new president of basketball operations, that probably sounds pretty good as well. If you get to keep your job, that's the other well, part of this yeah, coin that, that we haven't really talked about because like, there's a good possibility. Whoever decides to buy this team comes in and completely cleans house. I, I think basketball would be a little bit more safe from that type of situation, especially because they have a winning product right yes. now. But you still never know. I mean, we literally saw the same fucking thing happen when Sarver took over. And yeah, they had success in initially, but then he fucked everything up, right? And yeah, so but it wasn't, he didn't come in and fire Brian Colangelo. There weren't, uh, there weren't like a mass cleaning of basketball operations. I mean, Dan Tony was hired before uh, Brian Colangelo was there. Like, it's not like what, like he came in and fired people. I think the basketball operations, coaching staff, those groups are safe. If I'm sitting on the business side, I'm clenched pretty tight right now because I have a feeling I'm not long for this. But, Gerald, did you get a sense of that this hiring was uh, him being rewarded for the leadership he's shown? through these challenging times over the last year rather than some kind of trying to, you know, solidify where he is in the organization? Yeah, absolutely. You know, he was saying he didn't have any preconceived notions when he first joined the Suns about where he would be, you know, three, four years down the line. But obviously he was saying it's really gratifying. I asked him, you know, if you take a step back and reflect on your time here, you know, being at the helm of one of the biggest turnarounds in the NBA over the last few years, like, how do you reflect on that and evaluate, you know, next steps? And he was saying, it's gratifying to be here. It's really special. And I don't take that for granted. But obviously, like, we haven't achieved our ultimate goal. And until we start winning titles, there'll always be another challenge, another obstacle. So as far as kind of shielding himself from a new owner coming in and cleaning house, I think any owner that's going to be investing billions of dollars into this franchise is going to look at the job that he's done look at the way he's kind of insulated himself with this GM position, with this uh, basketball of, or president of basketball ops position, with the people that he's hired in this front office, and they're going to want to be him to be a part of it. Like, you're not buying just the Suns, you're buying, you're buying the experience of having these players, of this, of this uh, executive, and James Jones has done a tremendous job. So 
obviously they haven't gotten to where they want to go. There's still steps to take. He's He was very complimentary of this roster, but obviously there's still that Jay Crowder situation. Um, but for the time being, like he's he's pretty pleased with where they've gotten. Gerald, you don't have to answer or respond to this because I know you're still in the building, but I didn't buy the idea that James Jones didn't have an idea of where he wanted to be in this organization <laughs> three or four years ago. The man seems like he always has a plan. Same, so. Espo. I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm just repeating what I heard. That's, not, that's all I'm doing. <laughs> um, okay, so there were a couple updates as far as specific players on the team which I found very interesting. First and foremost, let's talk a little bit about Jay Crowder because he kind of shared a little bit of insight as to why moves haven't been made and things of that nature. What exactly did he say, Gerald? Yeah, he was saying there's no update on the Jay Crowder situation at this time. He said for him, it's all about looking at the team and looking at who you can bring in that will help this team um, and finding the right fit. And he says to this point, they just haven't found the fit. He's going to continue to be patient while also understanding like there is no set parameter for when this needs to get done other than the trade deadline, which is in February. So it's not something, you know, obviously you want to have a sense of urgency about this and bring in some help now, especially since the Suns have been dealing with a lot of injuries to this point. Um, but he was saying he's extremely proud of the way that this group has battled against that adversity, against one point losses, guys being out. Um, so it doesn't sound like there's kind of a fire under him right now to get a deal done in the near future. Um, so for now, no update on the Crowder front, but he's not going to make a move just to make a move. I also, I also thought it was really interesting that he, because he was asked, he's like, so are you guys paying Jay Crowder? Which we all had assumed that he was, because if not, we would probably have heard about fines for not reporting and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and he said, yeah, we're paying him. It's uh, usually something like this happens internally, but some of these uh, conversations got external from the team and things of that nature. But he didn't go specifically. I was I was wanting somebody to be like, so what happened exactly? Because I want to know the tea, but nobody asked. Right. So. Well, we've asked about the Crowder situation before, and he's given us what he's given us. They're not going to speak on that type of thing, but he has gone back to kind of the repeated line as far as like, not amicable, but it was a mutual decision as far as you stay home, we're going to work on a trade, and we're going to work something out. Um, he's really emphasized that I'm focused on the team and keeping the psyche and morale of our guys up high. And apparently having crowd around the team was a situation that might threaten that. So it, it sounds like it's something that's best for both parties, even though you could tell hearing him talk about like, yeah, we're still paying him. Um, and normally these things don't get out to the public. You can see that kind of irked him a little bit the way the situation mm. got out of his control there. Okay, but of course it was going to get out to the public when he didn't show up to training camp and has been <laughs> out two months. Uh, what are they? He's got a sore butt. Like, what are they going to just like claim some random injury? No, it would have gotten out. But I think it was savvy to pay him because then there's no ill will that really is is going to come from your players. Like, oh, you threw this guy to the side, and you didn't take care of him. So I think that was sad. Well, and also it doesn't screw up the chemistry in the locker exactly. room. Exactly. Like, Jay's not in there disgruntled, yep. making things dramatic or whatever, yep. bringing down the vibes. So um, so the other player that he kind of sort of gave an update on was Chris Paul, which I found this one really interesting. So he said he's close, not saying he'll come back tomorrow, but he's close. But then he was asked if it's more than just a sore heel, which Monty had kind of alluded to, 
last week when you guys talked to him? And James said, no, it's just a sore hill. If it was more, I'd tell you. Mm-hmm. I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> so am I. I mean, honestly, so am I. I. I don't really know what to add to that because, you know, he kind of just blatantly shot down the sore right heel, anything more than the sore right heel thing. Um, you know, they did say that they're taking a long-term view with it. So it could be a situation where, yeah, maybe it's a little bit more than a sore right heel, but it's not something that requires surgery or anything like that. So they're being careful with a guy who's 37 years old and has a lot of miles on his NBA odometer. But uh, I did find that interesting as well, Lindsay. I, I'm just, I, I'm a little frustrated. I'm sure the fans are like, like what's what's sore about the heel specifically? You know, what I mean, like we're never going to get the details, but like, what the fuck does he have? Gout? Like Jesus? <laughs> you know, like what what is going on that it takes, you know, three weeks now going on four uh, to to really bounce back from this? Uh, I, I just don't get. It. Did you get any clarity on what specifically might hap- uh, might be going on with his heel, or is it just a fluke injury? Yeah, I mean, I think it might be a fluke injury. I know people have thrown around the possibility of Achilles or, you know, um, like just a bruised heel or all these different things. But honestly, at this point, they're just going with the generic sore right heel. So that's kind of all we have to go off of. And today didn't offer a ton of clarity outside of, you know, what he said. I wish they had just said load management. Just been like, (laughs) that's what we're, don't ask any questions. It's load management, you know? I mean, I, I think my biggest beef with this whole thing is can y'all just get on the same page so that at least you're telling us the same information so that we're not over here like, well, hold on. Monty literally said last week we haven't shared what is going on with you. And then James said, we did. We told you it's a sore right heel. And that's really all it is. I promise. I swear. Scout's honor. And I'm like, bro, can you like y'all need to talk. And get on the same page, because your lies, your math ain't mathing with these lies. To, to be fair, he could have a sore right heel and an Achilles problem. <laughs> but it's not the Achilles problem that's keeping him out. It's the it's sore, sore right, right heel that's keeping him out. So that's why. My goodness. Was there anything else, Gerald, from this conversation that stuck out to you? Yeah, I mean, there are a couple of things, and I'll probably put them all into an article later this evening. But the biggest things to me were I asked him about the Cam Johnson situation and he was saying, honestly, it's not something I've really thought about in terms of, you know, missing the deadline for giving him an extension, but he is still a valued part of their team and what they do. Um, And obviously the injury kind of throws that whole situation into flux, but he seemed pretty comfortable approaching yet another restricted free agency situation with Cam. Um, And then he had a lot of great things to say about, Devin Booker and his evolution, he was talking about how when he first got here, Book was a guy that desperately wanted to win. And now he takes that responsibility of being the face of a winning franchise very seriously. He takes it upon himself to kind of carry the load that he has to carry on a nightly basis, especially with all the injuries that they've dealt with. Um, So he he was very high on his evolution, especially over the last few years. And that's pretty cool because they've kind of coincided with when he kind of became the guy in charge, the GM here. Um, so it's kind of a cool little story there. Hey, Gerald, since you're out at the Performance Center, can you track down either the strength and conditioning team 
uh, the equipment manager, somebody, and ask them how they decide which workout equipment to bring with them on the road. We saw <laughs> oh, we saw a cinder block to do push-ups on yesterday and a weight rack. Uh, what's coming up next, if you could ask? That'd be great. I, I will ask around. I'm sure I'm going to get hit with <laughs> at least one winner's work somewhere, but it's, I'll, I'll, I'll poke around. Thank you. Winners work. All right, Gerald, thank you so much for joining us for the top of the show to provide that update. We appreciate you. Drive safe and have fun writing. Thanks, guys. See you later. <laughs> All right. So I want to tell you guys real quick before we go into our next segment about the Underdog Fantasy app, because this app is so much fun. It's the best way to combine fantasy sports and potentially winning a whole bunch of money. And it's really easy. Like this one, Espo, you, you've got me on the the I'm on board with the fantasy with the underdog fantasy app because specifically you don't have to commit to an entire season exactly. of constantly setting your rosters if you accidentally forget you drop so many spots in your league like it's just a lot sometimes but with the underdog fantasy app you can just pick one single game one single night and participate yeah guess what one of these pregame shows over the next few we should do a, a, a I think know, that'd a draft be fun on that game between with the two teams. We'll pick. We'll have some fun. We'll do it live. There we can actually do it live right on air. It's pretty easy and uh, show everybody how to do it. But you're right. You don't have to worry about a full season. Uh, you can just focus on that evening. And I talk about the pick them a lot, but that's where I've had a lot of success. Is you pick uh, you know higher or lower on stat lines. If you do five, you get up to twenty times your money. If you hit on all five legs. They have this great thing with insurance where you only have to hit four out of the five to win some money. I love it. This is this is my favorite new app to, to play with on the phone. Right and now. it's really easy. You can either go to underdogfantasy.com or you can download the app onto your phone. But make sure you're signing up with that promo code PHNX because when you use that promo code, Underdog will match your first deposit up to $100. So also, I don't know if you guys heard when we first started the show, there was a lot of noise going on in the background here at the PHNX studios. That's because our crew that was out at the Four Peaks watch party today for uh, the U.S. World Cup match rolled into the studio right before we went live here on the show. And they were just on another level. They were so excited, so hyped, not just because the U.S. won, but because of all the fun that they were having out at Four Peaks for the watch party. And I want to remind you guys that you should also come out and hang out with us. The next one is tomorrow. It's Mexico versus Saudi Arabia. It's a noon kickoff and the watch party kind of starts around 11 a.m. But as Saul has mentioned before, we highly recommend you guys showing up a little bit early because it gets pretty crazy. It gets real packed. It's a heck of a lot of fun. There's giveaways, there's guest appearances, there's beer specials, all the things. And if you guys want to join us out there for one of these watch parties, you can register at the link in the description of this show. The next one's Saturday. You, well, no, the next the one's next, tomorrow. The, the next, next USA one is Saturday. The, yeah. is Saturday. It's USA the Netherlands, right? Netherlands. Yep. Which everyone's uh, saying is going to be a tough one, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah so. Netherlands is a uh, top three team in the, in the world. It's been a fun ride. <laughs> It would be the upset of all upsets if and they could pull that off. How fun would it be to be with a group if you were able to pull that up, pull off that upset, and you're all out there having a great time together? That would be such a chaotic but exciting, memorable moment. You should go, Lindsay. It's only at eight o'clock in the morning. Oof. <laughs> 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 Oof. Doors open at seven, folks. Breakfast. Seven. Breakfast and beer. I mean, yeah. what's better than I that? Mean, I mean, hell, stay up Friday night, have fun, and then go over straight yeah. over there. I mean, why not? <laughs> then go to bed. Yeah, yeah, go to bed yeah. right after. Look, I, I 
I, I'm getting into soccer a little bit with the World Cup, but it is the most, uh, it, it's a sport all about anticipation. Not a lot of payoff, just a lot of anticipation, uh, but that can be fun as well. It can be, absolutely, especially when you got a bunch of people around you who are in yeah. the same boat as you. So we do have a super chat from HM. Thank you, HM, for your super chat. It said, watching from Hobbs, New Mexico. Love the show. We appreciate your support. Thank you for joining us. We're happy you found a found us over here we're happy I mean, to have you here are they related to gerald that's what i, I wonder need to know. are you are, hm are, are you re- do you do you know gerald's family it's actually gerald uh, he's a, yeah hobbs <laughs> new mexico is actually a legendary basketball spot if you don't know about that there's a lot of there's a lot of research out there just google it hobbs new mexico pretty okay. dope I'll legendary high school that. basketball nice all right um okay so last night on the post game show, we got a really cool chat from Mega Giants 89. And they said, with a 14 and 6 record, what are some of your biggest takeaways from the Suns this season after 20 games so far? We did touch on it a little bit last night, but I feel like we should have dedicated a little bit more time to this. Um, and I just want to start it off by saying what James Jones said about this team earlier today in his media availability. He said, This team is just special. There aren't any challenges that are daunting to us, whether it's injury, external situations or factors, back-to-backs, tough one-point losses. They don't affect our psyche. And that is something that I think embodies this entire team and has for a while, but this team specifically, because they have gone through quite a bit in the first quarter of this Mm -hmm. season. Well, even before the season. Yeah, and honestly, like we've talked about it, but I don't know if we've actually sat back and really realize like that's a lot for somebody and a team to handle especially with the amount of expectations that this team had coming into the season being able to manage all of that and still find success well define expectations i guess is the the from first place i would Suns start fans i would say our expectation was still not necessarily championship or bust but pretty close to well yeah um i you know i, I think uh, you know i i, I wasn't I guess I wasn't asking for you to answer oh, that because sorry. I was I was trying to get somewhere <laughs> More else. Hypothetical. <laughs> <laughs> but because the, the, the fan base has different expectations. If you just ask from one person to the next, right? And the this expectation right now was, can we just get through the regular season and get to the playoffs, right? But then you're hit with adversity, and the the game changes in the middle of the season because now you're like, well, okay, well, as we sit here right now on paper, we potentially don't have a championship contending team. But the Suns are playing at a championship uh, level. Uh, well, Devin Booker is. And now other pieces are starting to come forward. So I would say <clears throat> my biggest takeaway is just the adjustment from one game to the next that this team is is really just embracing. You know, back in like 2015, you know, the whole next man up thing was really prevalent here in the Valley with Bruce Arians and the Cardinals. And it just seemed like no matter who was getting hurt, um, they would just plug another guy in and boom, they still continue to win. Uh, not this year's Cardinals. Um, <laughs> but the Suns are basically doing the same exact thing. It's like these guys are getting injured. Okay, whoever's going to fill that gap, they got to step it up and play at a high, high level. And that's exactly the beauty of this team. And that's what James Jones is talking about in terms of resiliency and just, you know, I, like it is a special team, okay? I, 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 I'm not going to be a Debbie Downer, but we all know what the real goal is. We all know what's ahead and what is really important. So while these moments are, are fun to watch and watch the development, I keep thinking this is only going to help 
once they get to the playoffs and they face a team like the Mavericks a year ago where they really struggled depth-wise and they couldn't rely on 8th, ninth, 10th guys um, to really contribute. That's what the whole goal of this is. And so this is really a blessing in disguise, the fact that you don't have Jay Crowder, you don't have Cam Johnson, you don't have Chris Paul for this amount of time because they can harken back on this experience in the playoffs. So when Chris Paul inevitably gets hurt again, uh, they will be able to they'll, – they'll survive. They'll be okay. They'll be able to plug in a guy and, you know, use them a la Aaron Holiday that should have been used last year. Well, I, I think you could even tie Landry Shamit's uh, time that he's been out into mm-hmm. being beneficial because Damian Lee – uh, you know, Has Dwayne he ever Washington showed up? I mean, I no, know. but he was By forcing minutes. Monty's hand to play somebody else, <laughs> yeah. to give somebody if else a If a tree shot. falls in the forest. <laughs> but you, you brought up an interesting thing, Lindsay, when we think about it. The Game 7 loss to the Mavericks, that's enough to take down a team. Yeah. Uh, the Kevin Durant drama all summer, enough to, to destroy a locker room. The DA signing an offer sheet and the whole dance with all that, again, something that could have taken him down. The ownership scandal. I mean, those are four things right there. Before uh, oh, the and then, and then Jay Crowder demanding a trade and being sent home. I mean, that's five things before the season starts that could take down an organization that doesn't have the right kind of mm-hmm. culture. The Suns have taken that body blow, all five of them, plus the injuries, and are still sitting atop the West. Can I just say one thing, just to go back uh, to when Gerald was on and the first question you asked about Jay Crowder? Um, you know, I think that there's a lot of athletes out there that really show and understand what professionalism is all about. Jay Crowder to sit there and see all these things that are happening to the Phoenix Suns, uh, and a lot of them are out of the players' control, right? I, just about everything was out of the players' control themselves, right, outside of the Dallas Mavericks loss, right? Um, and for him to really double down and say, you know what, I'm going to be all about me right now, and I want to be in a in a different situation, because you can't say a better situation, no. because there's not a lot of teams out there that are going to compete with a for a championship and have the type of pedigree um, and and just the the chemistry that this organization seemingly has, and we'll get to. We'll get to that here in a second when we show you a clip about in the locker room from last night's game that kind of resembles that, you know. And so Jay Crowder, with one of the premier me moments um, in in really Arizona sports history, in my opinion, um, just really it tainted his entire legacy here. He was if he would have just been traded or if he would have just played this with the understanding that he really does want to leave and they traded him, he would have been one of the the more favored sons of all time. But instead, he completely took himself out of that equation by making it all about him. He's either going to come off the bench and he didn't like that, or he wanted a contract extension and he wasn't going to get it because he's a little long in the tooth and you don't know what else he has left. He's inconsistent during the playoffs. You don't know what you're going to get. Like, Jay Crowder couldn't even look at himself in the mirror and understand what his weaknesses are in order to really contribute to this team right now as it, as, as it stands. And instead, is going to opt to hopefully get froze out until February, in my estimation. I hope he gets froze out until the very last day, and then they sip it, ship his ass to fucking Siberia for all I care because that dude is a total me guy. Fuck Jay Crowder. But, I mean, I think that made it real easy for, uh, uh, for James Jones to make the decision to go, yeah, you can sit there and – uh, and not be anywhere around us, we'll happily pay you to stay the hell away because that's just not what this team's about. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and yeah, you're right. It's 100% selfish that he 
uh, that he went into it. You know, for me though, with in through this first quarter of the season, uh, we talked about this uh, last night. Devin Booker's performance. I'm not going to go on another MVP. Right? <laughs> go watch last night if you want that. But I mean, if you look at it, he's having. He's four points higher than his career average in points. He's on rebound and a half higher uh, than his career average uh, assistant and about an assist higher uh, in in his than his career average this year. And over the last ten games, he's averaging twenty eight point seven points, six point five rebounds, six point four assists, and one point four steals. This guy has truly come full circle. He is. The, the full and total package now that we've always wanted to see from Devin Booker. All the criticisms, all the nitpicking of his game, he's went in and he, he's attacked and, and, and fixed each little deficiency in his game, and I think we're seeing him paint his masterpiece this year. Mm-hmm. I think all that's coming together, and we're getting to see uh, see it at another level with Chris Paul out right now, and it's been a thing of beauty. I think for me, one of the biggest things is just the way that all of the um, the the guys on the bench have stepped up. So, like, they've been so valuable for this team. I don't even know if there are words to describe, like, how important those guys' contributions have been. Because, yeah, Devin's playing like an MVP. Yes, Mikhail Bridges, we're seeing growth from him. We're seeing growth from DeAndre and now. But Torrey Craig being able to move into the starting lineup seamlessly – campaign being able to move into the starting lineup and yeah he had a bad night last night but he's been playing out of his mind in that starting unit and then every single person behind them jock landale coming in we we literally gave cash for jock landale and he came in and has been so valuable to this team the energy he brings and when even with bismack coming in and like juggling that balance of who's which center is coming off the bench first where Jock could get in his feels and feel some type of way. It doesn't seem like he is he's that guy at all. When Monty calls on him in the fourth quarter because he needs five minutes of his energy, he brings five minutes of his energy. Like Damian Lee, D-Wash, all these guys from top to bottom. It is just, it's so cool to see. And I just got to give props to James Jones for finding guys like this because he did mention that. He's like, Nobody really outside of the players themselves thought about the amount of opportunities that they would be getting mm-hmm. when they join this squad yeah. because you just don't know until you get into the thick of it. But the fact that they've all been able to keep a positive attitude, be productive and contribute when they are called upon, that's so that is so I think a lot of it comes from the chemistry of this team, the environment that they're in because that's not an easy thing to do night in yeah. and night out for those guys. It's not. I think one of the things that us as fans kind of overlooked is how much work and effort um, is invested in doing scouting not only of college players or European players, but also other NBA talent that might be available, right? And you have to give James Jones credit because for every KD there is out there, there's another guy out there like a Damian Lee or a Jock Landale that can give you something on the back end um, when you lose a key piece. And that is it's not more valuable than having a KD. I'm not saying that, but it is just, it is very, very important to a team's chemistry and, and roster building when you have to go through 82 games of a season plus the playoffs, which is, you know, if you maxed everything out, 28 games. So uh, it's just, it's, it's, it's refreshing to understand and know that this, this front office and their scouting group um, understand that 
and they understand it at a very high level because they haven't missed very often in the last several years when it comes to getting key pieces in to contribute. Torrey Craig last year wasn't very good, but Torrey Craig the year before was fantastic, right? So that seems like it's more of a Torrey Craig thing than it is an organizational thing or a development thing. And then now he's back. Torrey Craig is back to where he was two years ago. Campaign. Should we, should we blame the, where, where, where was he? The Pacers? Yeah. We're going to yes. blame the yeah, Pacers. Yeah. We, see, we had to, yeah, re, we had to re work his brain to be like, Tori, you <laughs> are we, that guy. We had to take out the old chip and put exactly. it in the new one. Exactly. Yeah, it's the Pacers' yeah. fault that Tori wasn't Tori when he first got back well, with his we team. We can't use the same excuse for campaign. Uh, campaign, same thing. You know, like he had a great year and a half, struggled last year. Now he's bounced back. You know, so. I just love what this team has done and, and really uh, how they put everything together um, because we tend to freak out because we're like, oh, my God, they didn't they didn't go get, you know, uh, uh, Murray from uh, from the Hawks. You know, they didn't. All these pieces are moving around and we're like, oh, my God, we're not part of this. Why? We're failing. And then at the end of the day, we're still first in the West. Mm-hmm. And it's like, all right, yeah, maybe I, maybe I could have calmed down a little bit. Yeah. And I think <laughs> but I think in the moment when you're hearing Katie, all these different things. You're not really thinking about the importance of some of those guys that are on the bench. And you're not thinking about, hey, in reality, one or two of these guys could shift a playoff series. Usually the stars, you pencil them in for what you know you're going to get. But it's those fringe guys that make some of those big shots in tough moments, you know, uh, and and can one or two things can shift an entire series. And it usually falls at the feet of a lot of those bench guys that they have. Okay, so not to take us too far back in the conversation, but I do want to bring this back up. Mr. J.J. Reed in the chat said, Crowder shouldn't get blamed. The front office told him not to show up. It looks like Crowder is the bad guy, but he's not. No, he is. I he is. He think hand. Yeah. both things can be true at the same point, at the same time, but I think this started with Crowder coming yes. to the team. So, well, it might have been the team saying, hey, Jay, like, we're not going to extend you right now, or we also want you to take a step back this year. We want to put Cam Johnson in the starting lineup, but we still value your contributions and want you to come off the bench. And then Crowder deciding he wasn't down for that and uh, telling the team, I'm not down for that, so if this isn't going to work out, then let's move on. But it starts with Jay being the one to decide whether or not he's in or out as far as what's best Mm -hmm. for the team and not just himself specifically. So in this situation, in my opinion... While I won't call him the quote-unquote bad guy, he is the reason that this has all played out this way. Yeah. Plus the social stuff. That That's my thing. It's yeah. like, okay, cool. Maybe they maybe they had this conversation after, you know, a month after the season, right? Okay, cool. We're, we're still trying to figure this out. We don't want to extend you. He didn't, he didn't get the news that maybe he wanted. Clearly he didn't. And then, boom, he's off to social media, cryptic tweets, things that we're speculating about. He's just... that's not that's not what pros do like they just like I know this is a new era of of athlete and they try to take matters into their own hands yeah you could take matters into your own hands when you're like the top dog or you're like one of the top two or three players on said team when you're barely a starter and you're you're a guy that's a valuable piece yeah but I think you thought Jay that you were more valuable than you actually were the intangibles are fantastic defense um, you know, he's a, he's a very solid defensive player, one of the better complimentary defensive players we have in this league. But to sit there and think that you were so much more important and that you should have gotten X, Y, and Z because of what you've done the last two years, 
listen, it's a business at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. They called your bluff and now you're sitting your ass at home trying to figure out where your next move is going to be. And so that's, that's where Jay lost me is like, dude, you could have taken this a much more professional way. Had he not done any of that stuff and they still felt like, you know what, this is mutually not beneficial for both of us. You stay home. We'll continue in the season. We'll still pay you. Um, then the team comes off looking a little bit rough. But in my estimation, it's definitely Jay in this moment. Look, it, it's a business decision on both sides, but mm-hmm. Jay went about it the wrong way, and the Suns are going about it the right way. And say, I mean, they he fucked could, around and found out. Yeah, I mean, they had every right to tell him, hey, you can go sit home, but we're not going to pay you a dime. Uh, but they didn't. They went the they went the classy route. Well, well, Jay went low. They went high. I mean, that's that's the way it it came it came down in that. Well, Jan Paul in the chat says a player as a player get your paper. Absolutely agree, one hundred percent. But then they also said Crowder made sacrifices and expected the team to value that for his next contract, but it didn't happen. Okay, so did DeAndre and so did Cam Johnson. That's the nature of this team. Look at the way the DA handled the situation. He wasn't out there on social media talking shit and causing waves. Cam Johnson has not done that either. There's a difference in how certain players carry themselves and how they they act based on what's happening. And that's totally fine for Jay to go do that. But it, it backfired because now Jay is sitting at home. Is he still collecting a paycheck? Absolutely. James was asked, like, does uh, Jay sitting at home kind of basically devalue him as an asset to another team? And James was like, well, you got to ask him that. I I don't care. These teams know what he brings to the table. So I feel like basically James is like, no, teams know what they're going to get with them. And if they value him, then they value him. If they don't, they don't. And what sacrifices did Jay make? Like, what what are we talking about in terms of sacrifices? He got paid a three-year contract to do his job. um, And then he wanted more. And the Suns were like, no, I think we're good. I think we want this three years, and that's all we want because we can kind of see the writing on the wall for you for you specifically. And they didn't want to do it. Like, what sacrifices did Jay make? You know, like, like was it was there a, a you know under the table deal that like, hey, if I do this, this, and this, then I'm going to get this? No, like, I, I I don't understand that aspect. So if you can clarify that, I'd appreciate that. But I don't understand what sacrifices we're talking about because this guy is in his is in his thirties. He's he's coming to the end of his career here, probably in the next three, four seasons. Um, he's not the player he once was. You have to understand what value you have in the league. Yeah. And Eddie Johnson will tell you to your face when he was with the Rockets, he knew like, all right, like it's I better get I better get whatever I can right now because it's close. It's coming. And you have to that 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 light has to go off in your head and understand that that's that's your time like and this was your time jay well i mean it's and it's not like he took less money to come here he no. got paid very well yes. at 10 million a year over 3 years for what he brought to the table it was i would argue at the time maybe even more than market value for what he was looking at mm-hmm. uh, you know and and he came here and he did the job that he was paid for but like yeah i don't think he sacrificed uh at any point here for this he did his job he got paid for it and then he decided uh, it wasn't enough at the end of the day i just wish that jay would have hung out with our friends at ogs maybe sat with his feelings really thought things through uh long term on what type of things his actions would have what effects his actions would have and uh, maybe had some of the sleepy time ogs maybe taken a really good rest so that he woke up really refreshed when he was thinking through these things 
but he didn't. And so we're here. But you guys can hang out with OGs and uh, taste all of their delicious flavors, try all of their amazing products, whether you're just trying to chill out and have a good time or whether you need a good night's rest and you want to tap into their sleepy time products, OG's has you covered. As always, you can find them online at ogsbrands.com or at your local dispensary, but you must be 21 years or older to enjoy. Yeah, don't take that off-brand <clears throat> shit like Jay did. It just gets you angry. Yeah, it just is, it's not good. It's not good. OG's is the, the ticket. The ticket. Also, if you guys are looking to hit up a concert or game anytime in the near future, maybe this upcoming weekend or later this week, a couple Suns games, whether it's tomorrow or Friday, the Game Time app has you covered and you can save up to 60% off your tickets when you buy them last minute. So if you hop on the Game Time app tonight for tomorrow's game, who knows? You might find tickets for anywhere from $20 to $30, maybe $60, but a heck of a lot cheaper than what you would get. If you were buying them face value and other places. Also, the concert side of things is pretty cool too because it's like a fun last minute spontaneous date night kind of thing yeah. or if you just want to go out with your friends but you're not really down to go to a bar or something, you want to do something a little more, have an actual like memory moment, like an event. Concerts are great for that, and the game time has those as well. Yeah, send Jay Crowder the link. It's the closest to an NBA court. Oh, get no. For a while. <laughs> Damn. Can I answer this question? Yes, but real quick, the best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. So if you're going to use the Game Time app, make sure you use that link. Go ahead. All right. Uh, so Juan Excelsia, Excelsia? I think it's Excelsia, um, says, Saul, can you explain to me why James Jones extended Shamit, who is worthless and not Crowder? Um, yes, I can in one word. Fuck? What? Yeah. I like, I, I don't, I, I didn't understand it at the time. I still don't understand it to this day. So like, I've never been on that train. Uh, I think you know that though. Like, so like I listen when James Jones extended Landry Shamit at the time I sat there and I was like, but why? I don't understand why extend this guy. He's not, I didn't think he was worth that kind of money and I still don't. And I feel like I'm pretty close to right because he hasn't done anything to exceed his value that he had before. So why extend a guy like that just to have another piece on the bench? Like, I didn't understand that. I think you, based on his question, though, I think you answered earlier. He was young and had potential. Jay Crowder is on the down side of the career, and you know what his, his peak is, and he's likely past that point. So you were gambling on this guy has more potential than what I have with Jay Crowder, if you're looking at it, those two uh, and and the money, why you didn't extend Jay, that the question. I also think on Landry's side of things, beyond just maybe James seeing the potential in him or whatever as a player, the contract specifically is a good filler contract. It's, it's a tradable contract Trans, as yeah. far as you need guys like that on your roster at that kind of range of a dollar amount to add into trades down the road. Like, those contracts are easy to move, good to fill in. So I, that's one value. Totally get that. Totally get that. Still don't agree. I still don't. I don't. I still don't. I. I think there's other players out there that could they could have given similar contracts to that at this point would have provided more value than Landry Shamit has in the two years that he's been here with his organization. He has not added very much value defensively. He's not a liability. But he's inconsistent from three. Um, he's been inconsistent since day one on the offensive side of the ball. He's he's barely had any games over 15 points 
Yeah, I, there's probably just you could probably count him on one hand how many times that's happened. He's just been very, very inconsistent, and so um, I I never understood that 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 decision in the first place. Um, but you know, hey, it is what it is. Somebody in the chat said I'd rather have the pick in Javon Carter, and yeah, if if you could look back retroactively, 40. I, I I mean, <laughs> I mean, I agree that that that's what you would rather do. But I a lot of this is gambling. Being a general manager is gambling. In a lot of ways, when mm -hmm. you're trying to fill the back half of your roster, mm -hmm. you have to make bets on guys. Try to outsmart the room by seeing, oh, I see this in this guy that somebody else may not see. Uh, and he lost the bet. I mean, that's a, that's what it comes down to. He lost he lost this bet. I mean, that's he all. Must, that he was must all have saw something in his soul because it sure wasn't on tape. But there was somebody in the chat that said that we can all agree that Chamit does look much better this season. So. Can we? Compared to last year? Yeah, I think so. Really? I'm not saying that he is like uh, great by any means or like outperforming or overperforming expectations, but he's been solid at I least comparatively from I think he was worse last season. I mean, I I yeah, I mean I I don't I mean that's interesting. We could find out. I haven't looked at the stats or anything like that, but just from the eye test, I'm like it's the same place, player. If you're looking at counting stats, he's a worse player. Really? Fewer po <laughs> fewer points. I feel like assists, he's been better. Fewer rebounds per game. It's because you want uh, him. You he, really want him to succeed. And I just I appreciate want him to that, get 35 Lindsay. gosh darn points. <laughs> I will say this. <laughs> Lindsay, you are correct. He's exactly the same three-point shooter, 36.8% both years. So, but... Uh, well, y'all... Missed bet. I mean, maybe it was a, it was a bad game. Maybe gamble. it's just because I'm rooting. I'm rooting for him. He had a good game oh. against the T Wolves. He did. He had a really but good game. But it's also because he was probably woozy in that game. He didn't really. He was having an out of body experience in the moment. So he had that F it mentality <laughs> in his brain because he just did not care. His brain maybe was that's saying what F he needs. It, I'm swelling like. Uh, <laughs> I just want Landry Shaman to get 35 points. I know everybody that's wants so 35 bad. points because they want to see me like I don't know what you guys are gonna do. Probably try to get me to put a tramp stamp on my back or something like that well we agreed that it was nothing permanent it's okay <laughs> all right moving on from this conversation uh saul mentioned there was a really cool video that we have for you guys after last night's win against the kings we got this video from the Suns in the locker room hey gentlemen look that, that's an impressive win on many fronts uh book 44 points in 40 minutes okay that, that's freaking impressive all right and then i, I gotta say this to the bench it takes a lot of character and integrity and like mental toughness to wait and not know you're gonna play. And I'm proud of the way you guys handle it. That's the sign of a really good team, okay? And the last thing is, congratulations. Yeah, Player you celebrate everything. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if that's not a perfect example of what the vibes are around this team, I don't know what. I is. mean, you could tell that DA is like the class clown. Yeah. Like he is, he just, he's always been that kind of fun loving guy. And that's actually hurt him in the eyes of a lot of people in the Valley because they're like, oh, he's not tough. He doesn't play strong and, you know, he's soft and stuff like that. And I think. He's kind of changing that narrative a little bit, especially in the last couple of weeks um, with his performance on the court. He looks stronger. He looks more assertive. He's talking to dudes. He's being more aggressive. Uh, I mean, Pat Bev, you fucked up. 
I think you fucked up because you just lit a fire that you can't put out. I'm just saying. Uh, you know, what caught my attention, Monty has finally spoken to DA. <laughs> but what we didn't see in the video, DA didn't speak to Monty. And, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> just, that's how stupid the stuff at the beginning of the year was. Like, you would see something like this and some people be like, yeah, but. No, everything is fine. Look at that. That's guys having fun, enjoying themselves. There is a uh, a bunker mentality with these guys. You know, family is a word that's bristled at in a lot of this, but it feels like they have that kind of family feel to it. It's a business, you, but, you know. You do know that the vibes are elite when anybody can smile and sacrifice a minnow. One, you two, three. guys again. <laughs> Sacramento's awful. Sacramento. It's not nearly the worst though. Yeah. Isn't there arena like by a, like a cow pasture? No, it no. used to be oh, used the to old be. one. Used it's to got be. like Arco. a little plaza yeah, around there with like real Arco, cute Arco malls and shops and Arco things Arena like used that. to be by like you know like it used a, to be in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah. Well, it's not anymore. Okay. Yeah, well, you can have your lasers and your golden one center. <laughs> we'll take the better basketball team, Sacramento. <laughs> Anyway, I mean, that was a really good video. And like you said, it does show how great the vibes are around this team, how much they seem to really care about each other and how much they enjoy being around each other. Oh, but yeah. that's not new news to any of us who've been watching for a while, whether it's the dancing video or them talking about spending time at each other's houses, playing video games or having Thanksgiving dinners or just showing up because they just want to hang out. Yeah. I As if they don't hang out enough at work. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this, this team likes each other. Yeah, I think something has been unlocked in DA, though, and it may have been Pat Bev doing it. So. I mean, I'll take that. I'll take that for sure. All right. Anything else, you guys? Oh, we're not going to play the Barkley video? Oh, <laughs> Emma, you want to grab it real quick? Grab My the Barkley God. video real My quick. It's in, a, it's in chat. I fucking loved it. Um, Does it not? Okay. Did that we'll not sound like that. a conversation we, we would have had during a late night? A million percent. Uh, we or you two? Oh, I, no, no, no. Us two and you, you, you would have been You would have been sucked into it for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, while we're getting that video for you, which is really funny, um, it's it's cringe, but it's funny. Let me tell you about the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So right now on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, if you download it and sign up using the promo code PHNX, you can place a $5 pregame money line bet on any NBA team to win their game. And if they do, you're going to get $150 in free bets. So this is really fun because yesterday, Espo, again, no crazy rants, okay? We talked about the MVP odds on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Look at me. App. Look at me. Sorry. <laughs> Devin is, at least as of last night, uh, was currently was at a plus 4,500. You get these $150 in free bets. You throw $25 of that free bets on D-Book for those MVP odds. It's free money, so it's not like you're really losing out on no. anything. And the odds are so great that if Devin is able to pull this off and he wins MVP, when you're going to be walking a away with a bunch of cash in your pocket. I love the free bets for that specific reason where you can take even more of a larger gamble on some of these things for bigger payouts Yeah, because it's, you literally aren't losing anything. So he, it's kind of cool. He jumped up plus 4,000 after oh. last night. So basically you better hurry up and get in on the action. Again, that's the DraftKings Sportsbook app with the promo code PHNX. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Emma, do you have it? Give me like two seconds. Also, okay. while we're here, uh, Gerald wrote an article about the one and only Damian Lee today. Mm -hmm. It was fantastic. And just a reminder, that shit's free. Yeah. I know it used to cost you money before, but it's not anymore. It's free. 
Go check it out. It's awesome. He does such a great job really detailing everything. And go check out the site. And then become a diehard because you're going to get hooked. And you get all types of discounts. You get to hook up with us. I mean, sorry. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa. You get to hang out with us. You get to hang out with us in the Discord. Okay? <laughs> Not hook up with us. Gonna uh, be, I mean, that's going to have to be a lot more than uh, $79.99 a year. Listen, listen, we would have sold a lot of diehard memberships. <laughs> <laughs> so you get to hang out with us in, in the diehard. <laughs> Emma's like, stop, Saul. Just, <laughs> just gonna stop. keep digging. Let's go. Um, anyway, it's really dope. There's also some diehard only merch that you get to check, uh, that you get to, to take part in. It's pretty dope. Uh, it's it's. Listen, you get to be part of an exclusive club uh, because you pay for it. So I mean, why not? So it's it's pretty dope. Just not that kind of club. Go phnx.com. <laughs> go phnx.com. Uh, and uh, yeah, hook yourself up. Really changes that term diehard when you go that direction. So. I'm really enjoying this moment because usually it's me who says something stupid. And I knew, guys, I knew, I knew my you guys pile on me. So I knew, this is great. I, I knew my this. time would come. I knew my time would come. Like, hey, as soon as I said hook up, I was like, nah, shouldn't say that shoot. shit. I the PHNX Ranch coming soon. Oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> Only if we were in Nevada. Are you guys ready for the video? Yeah, oh. the video. Much better. Well, we're about to find out. Go, Emma. I was thinking about the tattoo. You know, about my mom. I'm gonna get two big M's on my ass. So when I'm standing right up, it's gonna say mom. And when I stand upside down, it's gonna be wow. What do you think? I'm dumbfounded. (laughs) Mom and wow. It's just an M and an M. I know. But where's the O? <laughs> I had to go there, didn't I? Yes, you did. Wow, mom. Wow, mom. See how it just rolls off the tongue? Wow. See? <laughs> My favorite part of this is he's like, so when I'm standing upside down, like, when the F is Charles Barkley going to be standing upside down? Sir, can you do a handstand? I don't need like, to, can you? I, I don't need to know about Charles's <laughs> private life like that. Uh, he was like, where's the O? Oh, <laughs> damn it. I, I love that Ernie Johnson finds a way to still remain classy, mm-hmm. even when he walks into the middle of that joke. <laughs> <laughs> he still is like, I am a respected journalist. I will be treated as such. Oh, my God. It's just, this reminds me, because I feel like this joke, in a more PG way, where it was like this, like, wow, but with your fingers, and then you would make the O. Um, it happened when we were children. <laughs> Emma, really? I, really, Emma? I don't remember this for what I was I feel like it was like either. a thing when, with, like, kids in middle school. I don't know. I guess maybe I, I did grow up I was in Vista, college so when you were in middle school, so how would I know? I mean, was Emma's like younger thing. than her. I've She's never heard it too. with a, a behind. Okay. Well, okay, okay, okay. The only reason that I was laughing is because, yeah, we, we did, like, the thing, but we didn't do the mouth. Like, <laughs> you, the, it was just this? Yeah, that's, all, th- and that's then, it. Like, like the shape of your mouth was the O. It wasn't. It wasn't like you're Thank opening. You. But you said you opened your mouth, and I looked at. <laughs> I didn't Saul say and open. I, I just said you kind of made the shape. Even if you did like Dear a kissy face thing that could make the same shape ish. I used to think Lindsay was the Ernie Johnson of the show. Clearly not. But the, the, no, this is not a. I'm a journalist. You will respect me moment. So. <laughs> this is. You know that. You know what this is. 
You know what this uh, is? Do I want to know? This is instant karma for me making fun of Saul. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Hello in the chat. Is Lindsay throwing up oh, egg signs? Also, yes. speaking of signs, um, I was told and I was asked by multiple people that, uh, okay, well, we know what the fake sign is for 11. Yes. But, but did you ever tell Lindsay no. what the actual sign was for 11? Sure didn't. And so I'm going to tell her right now. You're such a liar. <laughs> it's 11. Like this? Yeah. What is you, it, am I doing something bad? What does it really Are mean? Are you lying so, to me? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. So like this? 17, 18, you 19, do it twice 20. or once? 11 because it's two ones. Okay. If well, you keep doing terrible. it, it means yeah. asshole though. So, no. Oh my God. No, it does <laughs> not. I mean, at this asshole. point, I don't know if I trust no. you anymore. No. <laughs> I preferred our original check. 11. I, Lindsay, <laughs> to be fair, this was a clearly obvious, not right scenario. I am aware. Are you though? Because yes. you don't even trust when I'm telling you the actual right yeah, side. Because now it's a thing. So now I really don't, I don't trust it because it's a thing now. This is like my father used to tell little white lies to me when I'd ask questions, right? And he told me something like Chevrolet, uh, they named Chevy Chevrolet after a French general. Like right? I'm a kid, so I go to school and I say that, and people are like you're an idiot, right? So now I never trust anything my father says. To when me. people are playing with their fingers, don't ever lead off a sentence with "This is what my father." Oh God, said. you, oh, you awful okay. person. By the way, Gilbert says she's the Kenny Smith for oh, sure. Okay, we gotta go. If, That's if, it. If, if, no, just, no, no, we're done. That's what we're done. Thank you guys for joining us. We appreciate you. We'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> 30 minutes before the pre or 30 minutes before the game starts and post game oh afterwards. You can follow me on Twitter at Lindsay of AZ. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay. You can follow Saul at Saul underscore Bookman. And you can follow Esbo at Esbo. Esbo, take us home. Saul, <laughs> here's your original 11. Ahoy, hoy, everybody. Combo since KJ Marley and Charles. If you squat, just sitting on the chat, get involved. Rhymes say it's got flavor. Known to shine greater, glide like Tom Chambers and Bulls versus Lakers. Off that pick, I'm Devin Booker. Bringing the hot take straight out the pressure cooker.